Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to episode three of season two of the Puddle Jump podcast. Today's episode is with Nora Hennick. She is the founder and editor-in-chief of La Femme Collective, which is a global community created to support and celebrate the career development of women. If you haven't heard of them, I definitely recommend that you head over to lafemcollective.com immediately and check them out. Regardless, if you're a woman just starting out in a certain career, or if you're a veteran of a certain industry, or maybe you have a job that you love or you hate, or you have certain reservations about something that you're working with, uh, there's a ton of really valuable and interesting information being discussed and tossed around over at their site. At the end of the episode, Nora also plugs all of their social media so you can find them in other ways. Uh, I really loved hanging out with Nora. She was great. She was really cool. Uh, really passionate about what she's doing, a very genuine and authentic person. I would love if either before or after or during this episode, you wanted to support them by checking out their site. Her and her team of amazing women are doing really important and valuable work, and they deserve to be supported. So here is episode three of season two with Nora Hennick. We were on a roll before we started recording. I know, exactly. Well, Let's tell me, tell me, like, take me through the process of you wanting to start. Well, first of all, talk about, like, La Femme and everything about the, the company and how you started it and, like, Yeah, definitely. So, actually, the inception of La Femme Collective actually was about a year ago. Um, I was working at a job doing marketing for a company, and um, I was doing all of their blog posts. So it was around this time that the Grace Hopper convention was going on. And I thought, hey, this is a great time to do a blog post on women in the tech industry. We were doing um, recruit. So I worked for a recruiting company. We were doing recruiting for the fintech industry. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty on par with what we were doing. And so for every one article I read about a woman doing something super awesome, I read like a bunch of articles about her being sexually assaulted by colleagues, um, you know, her not getting credit for the work she was doing, all of that really awful stuff that we're starting to hear a lot more about now. Sure. Um, And so I was like, okay, I always knew this was going on, but if I don't do something about it, now I'm kind of turning a blind eye to it, in my opinion. So I decided I wanted to come up with an open space where women could talk about their careers, kind of share advice, share stories, you know, not just the great stuff, but also the kind of shitty stuff like, hey, I just started at this new job and I fucking hate it. Mm. Am I allowed to curse? Oh, of course. (laughs) I fucking hate it. Like, what am I doing with my life? What is happening? Mm. Like, I don't know what direction I want to go in. Um, So that's when the idea was kind of formed. We didn't fully launch until March 8th on International Women's Day. And by that time, I had a team of five women who were working for me, or working with me, I should say, because my life would be nothing without them at this (laughs) point. Um, And ever since then, we've been growing really steadily, and that was kind of the start of it. So the way it works right now is that we feature different women each week um, that either we reach out to or a lot of them have found us, which has been really awesome. Um, 
we ask them to share about, you know, talk about their career journey in whatever way they want to talk about it. We're really big on making sure that all of our features feel comfortable with the stories they're sharing, whether that means doing it in their own way, leaving out certain bits of information, making it an anonymous piece, whatever works for them. Then we also have the ability for our readers to, um, you know, share their own stories, which has been really fun. And we've actually heard a lot of really great stories from a lot of really awesome people across the world, which was really cool That's because cool. I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I assumed because our team was throughout the U.S. and um, in London, we would have kind of that crossover. But mm-hmm. like the reach that we've actually had has been so much more than that, which has been so cool. And then we also allow our readers to ask questions, which we'll either answer in-house or we'll send out to someone who we think could answer it a little bit better than we could. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about how we kind of got started and what we're up to now. Very cool. Yeah. What, what do you think, so in, you know, you touched on it already, like sort of we're in this climate now where all of these stories are coming to light about mistreatment of women in the world in general, but, you know, specifically in the workplace as well. What do you think the the value and the importance is of having a sort of like a space safe space or a network of women who are in this together and can support one another and share their stories? So actually, I don't know if I would have been am- able to answer this question with an answer that I would have liked until relatively recently mm-hmm. when I started reading Feminist Fight Club by oh, Jessica cool. Bennett, which mm-hmm. is, by the way, one of the best books, and I recommend everyone reads it. Um, basically, in the beginning of this book, there are rules you know, kind of styled off of the idea of Fight Club. Sure. You, know, you don't you don't talk yeah, about yeah, Fight yeah. Club, but the opposite applies with this. You do talk about it. Mm-hmm. You talk about it so much that no one wants to freaking listen to it anymore, and they decide to make change instead. Mm-hmm. So kind of going off of that idea, I think that if we don't have a space where we're talking about it, nothing's going to change. And while I do think that talking about it does not necessarily equate to change, Mm -hmm. it's a step in the right direction. We need to have conversations about it. We need to give us, we need to create a space where women feel comfortable sharing these stories because they don't feel comfortable sharing them. No one's ever going to bring light to them and we're never going to be able to say, okay, this is what's happening. Now let's take it further. Let's take the next steps and let's create change. And we want to do it in a space, a safe environment because we want them to be able to feel like they can talk about whatever they want to talk about. We don't want it to feel limited to, oh, you know, we're only going to say like the great things because we don't want to jeopardize our positions that we're in now or we don't want to jeopardize future positions. <clears throat> so I think that with creating this space where people can feel safe and can talk about things, we're kind of getting the first steps toward making change. Very cool. Yeah. So the the five women that you had on your team when you first launched, were these, uh, how did you, <laughs> baby in the studio. <laughs> that was me, sorry. <laughs> just just crying. the emotion out at the beginning. Um, at, were these, I'm assuming these were like, were they all friends of yours or like colleagues or how did you, how did you bring these people together? It's a really interesting story mm-hmm. because I will say while they were not all people that I knew when we first started, mm-hmm. they are now women that I could not imagine my life without. That's incredible. We That's actually great. all did not meet. Actually, we still haven't all technically met, oh, wow. but we did do um, a retreat in August mm-hmm. um, where they all came out to New York, which was super exciting. And I was so happy to have them cool. um, where most of us fully met in person then, but I'll give a little background. So the first person that I brought on was, or is Marissa, who is based in Kentucky and she does our marketing and social media. Um, Marissa and I were introduced 
through the company that she works for full-time, Ken Mark, who has done work with a lot of my friends before, where she does marketing and social media. So I had kind of put out a few tweets and posts being like, hey, I have this really cool idea. Um, I need some help. Like, anyone want to help me out with social media Mm -hmm. and marketing? Because naive me, I thought that was the only thing I was going to need help with. (laughs) Boy, was I wrong. Um, Marissa had reached out being like, hey, I'd love to hear more about it. So I kind of gave her a rundown, which was like a lot different than what LFC actually is now. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Marissa, for sticking by (laughs) me through all of this. Um, And she was like, okay, that sounds great. Like, let's do this. So Marissa was the first person I brought on. Um, Then in about... November, December time, I hadn't, I didn't have a launch date in mind. So I'd started kind of reaching out to different people about features. So my friend Gemma, who's from London, who's on the team was Mm. visiting. um, And she had done work or her friends had done work with um, this illustrator, graphic designer, Taylor, who's based out in San Francisco. Um, And Gemma had said, you know, Taylor would be a great feature, actually, for the site. Why don't I introduce you guys? I was like, okay, great. You know, do a little email intro. Mm -hmm. Love those. My favorite things. (laughs) Email intro (laughs) me to anyone. It's literally my favorite thing in the entire world. (laughs) BCC me on all of your emails, please. Um, And so I had spoken to Taylor a little bit about featuring her. And Taylor had just been so passionate and so helpful with everything. She started reaching out to all of these other women who she thought would be great additions for features to the site. And it just kind of got to the point where I was talking to Taylor all the time about different projects for the website. And I was just kind of like, will you join the team, please? (laughs) Like, I know I don't really know you, but I feel like I know you. Join the team. And she was like, sold. She was like, yep, I'll do it. That's great. So we brought on Taylor, who does. um, Actually, she did all of our website design. So thank you, Taylor, because that was a lot of sleepless nights for her because she was actually working on it. And for me, because I'm a nut job. Mm -hmm. Um, and she does a lot of our Instagram content and just kind of is an eye for everything that we do, which is super helpful. And she does a lot of outreach also. So thank you. Um, so I brought her on. Then came Gemma, my friend from London, who, um, is a freelance writer. So it was kind of a natural progression to bring her on as an editor because I can't write for shit. (laughs) So it was really helpful to have her come on in that capacity and then my other best friend, where it gets a little confusing, Jenna, okay. who's based in New York, <laughs> sure. who um, also works another full-time job, but um, has come on as an editor as well. Cool. Um, so the two of them joined. And then the last addition to the team, who has proven to be probably the comedian of the team mm-hmm. and like the one that keeps me laughing when I feel like I want to cry... Um, who is Claire, who does our data analytics and SEO, Mm -hmm. who is based out in Denver, who I was introduced to through Gemma. Um, And we kind of brought her on like maybe a week before launch, which Mm -hmm. is a lot of hustle for someone who's doing SEO and data analytics for everything to be able to get that done for launch Mm -hmm. and like also kind of meet your whole new team and Mm -hmm. kind of understand what we were doing. So she was a huge team player. So I thank her a lot for being able to kind of hustle hard and get that done. So, yeah, we didn't actually all really officially meet until August. Wow, that's incredible. You just sort of assembled this amazing team of women, like cherry picked them from around the world, (laughs) around the country. Oh my God, it was the best. I couldn't ask for a better team. That's incredible. They are my favorite humans. And when you came to all of them and explained like the your vision for this, what was their response? 
Everyone was really, really pumped about it. The really fun thing about this project is I've never really been met with a negative response because it's kind of like, you're doing something really cool. Like you want to give a voice to women who are hustling really fucking hard and want to be able to share that and talk about Mm -hmm. it and like shoot the shit and complain and figure out what next steps to take. Like, let's help out. Let's do this. So everyone was pretty pretty positive about it like everyone was really excited that's great I mean I'm not surprised at all because I I feel like I have this same conversation with so many of my female friends all the time that um maybe they're the only woman in their office and they feel like they're treated a certain type of way because of that or um you know in their community in their family you know whatever and they have wanted to put together like their own networks their own groups of just either like group therapy style like we get together once a week and we talk about it or starting like a club where we can talk about these kinds of things or like a safe space just because there there needs to be space carved out to have these kind of kinds of conversations and I think a lot of women feel like they don't have an outlet or yeah. or people people who are listening and willing to like have that discourse about it yeah you should definitely read feminist fight club yeah then. I will I saw I, I, recommend you had, I think you had like, like posted it on social media oh yeah I've been like non-stop yeah, posting. Like, oh, I'm also shit, writing a little that. piece on it for LFC oh which great is really fun because I don't typically write for the site sure, just sure. because as I said before, I am not a writer. Right, right. I like numbers a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's so good that I couldn't not like right. yeah. put my word vomit on onto the site. Right, right. But I definitely recommend reading it. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Should I read the book before I read your piece that you're going to write on it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Do not do that. look at the piece. <laughs> Just because I touch on a lot of the things that it's it's hard because like I've taken a lot of what I've read in that book and been like oh my God, this is exactly what I've been thinking. I didn't know how to phrase it. Thank you for phrasing it this way. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of just what I'm talking about in the piece. Just Mm -hmm. kind of like, these are all the things I was thinking and I didn't know how to articulate them to other people. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of just kind of talking about what she talks about in the book. So I definitely recommend reading it first. She has a better way with words than I do. (laughs) Sure, sure. Is, have there, if you don't, you have to be like too specific if you don't want to sort of air anyone out to dry, but were there any particular examples in your own life that, that led you to like, you know, I think we need like a safe opportunity for women to talk about things that are happening to them that they're being exposed to? Yes. Um, for purposes that are pretty obvious, I won't name any names. Sure, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was in a really unhealthy work environment at one point in my life and it just made me really realized that I had kind of been living in this bubble that I had never really been exposed to anything like this before as I said previously I knew it existed but I had never really firsthand been exposed to it and I'm very fortunate in that sense and I continue to be very fortunate as I move forward with this project but I'm now more aware which I think is important um I heard people say some really nasty things in professional environments that just had should never be said not even in professional environments, just in general, they should not be said. Mm -hmm. Um, I watch people do things that should never be done. Once again, not only not in professional environments, but just in a daily life setting. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of actually witnessing that firsthand was something that really helped give me the push to do this and really remember on those nights where I was super tired from staying up really late, working on ideas, or just feeling mentally exhausted because we didn't see, you know, some of the progress we wanted to see. It's those things that kind of remind me that I'm doing this for a reason mm-hmm. and I need to keep doing it until we see change. Sure, sure. Yeah. What's your, do you have a vision for the company or that like you want it to expand into anything else or are you just 
like you want to yeah I kind of want it to be this little hub for Mm -hmm. women I want to be able to which some of this I have done but more on the sidelines not directly on the site um, where we connect women who are looking for job opportunities I've been really lucky that I've had people reach out to me saying hey we're looking for xyz for this project do you happen to know anyone and I've been able to connect them to yeah I've been able to connect Mm -hmm. them to women that we featured which is so fun for me to then see the final products because it's like hey not only did I give you the space where you could talk about what you're doing, but like I've actually helped you grow your business and right. that's what I want to do. That's really cool. Um, so I just want to see that in a more, you know, concrete version on the site. Um, we also do have ideas in terms of rolling out job boards, um, kind of like a little career center for advice, you know, resume help, things like that. But a lot of that is in the far off distance. Mm. Um, but that's eventually where we do want to see the site go. What had you originally want? What did you think you wanted to do with your life maybe like five years ago? Oh my God. I can tell you exactly. (laughs) I had my entire life planned out up until, so both of my parents went to Columbia for grad school. Mm -hmm. So from age five to about 13, 14, Mm -hmm. I told anyone that would listen, I was going to Columbia Mm -hmm. undergrad. I was like, that's it. I'm going to Columbia. Enter freshman year Nora in high school. I realized I was not smart enough to oh, go to no. Columbia, so I set my sights on NYU. Mm-hmm. Not to say that NYU was a downgrade, but for some odd reason, I thought it was. I guess people were telling me that maybe Columbia wasn't the right move for me, but NYU was. Okay. Um, so I decided freshman year, it was NYU or nothing. I didn't apply to any other schools. I wouldn't speak to people unless it was about NYU. Like, you could ask my guidance counselor. Um, I would come in every day when I would meet with her, like head to toe in NYU apparel. I did a summer program there. I went to visit a bunch of times. Like it was NYU mm. or nothing. Mm. My friends still joke around about <laughs> about it with me to this day where they're like, we didn't know. They were all at my house when I was waiting for my application decision. They were. They all said to me, they were like, we don't know what we would have done if you didn't get accepted like it would have been (laughs) a shit storm (laughs) so I applied to NYU I was in the Gallatin School of Individualized Studies so you create your own major and I applied with the idea that I was going to be working in the music industry Mm -hmm. I've always loved live music I wrote every single essay that I could possibly somehow twist into something relating to music about music um it just seemed like it was the right step for me and then so everyone would always ask me, oh, well, why didn't you apply to NYU's Steinhardt program then? And, you know, they have a music business program there. It would have been like a natural step. That's where I did my summer program. But I always had this idea that like whatever I did, I kind of wanted to put my own touch on it, mm-hmm. whether it be some philanthropic aspect, just anything. I've always wanted to be able to kind of put my own touch on something. So I figured Gallatin was the right school for me. Um my discovery that I didn't want to work in the music industry came my freshman year at NYU when I was signing up for my first classes. I had realized that I didn't need a language requirement and I had signed up for Spanish. And I was like, why am I doing this? Yeah. I don't want to take Spanish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did what any non-logical person would do and I dropped Spanish and decided to sign up for an 8 a.m. econ course, nice. which Great. literally I may be the only person in the entire world who has done something <laughs> yeah. like that. I ended up These loving it. These two things it. are the same. I know. I was yeah. like, right? Like, why would I take yeah. Spanish at, like, a normal time right. when I could get up at 7 a.m. to take an 8 o'clock econ course? I ended up loving it. Great. I ended wow. up minoring in business studies. So then taking all of the macro, micro, intro levels, 
taking it to intermediate levels, all the marketing courses in the Stern School of Business, all that fun stuff. Um, And it was kind of in that moment that I realized, or not that specific moment when I was changing my schedule, but as I started to do that, um, and as I worked with an advisor that Gallatin had provided with me for me that was in the music industry, that I loved live music because it was something that I got to kind of escape everything Mm. else from. And I was kind of like, if I combine that with what I'm doing, I'm never going to be happy. So I decided to get a little more general with what I was doing and study business, but also um, human understanding and the way people interact in the workplace and how that affects your work. So it kind of ended up being a natural transgression or natural progression that I'm doing something like this now, but Mm -hmm. I never thought when I first started school or like five years ago when I applied for music business, or I guess it was now six years ago, that this is what I would be doing. Mm I think, I mean, I think especially with our generation now, like you just hear that everyone has that exact same story. They started out doing one thing, turned out to not be what they thought, even though it had, they had spent their whole life thinking that. So then there's, you know, this like moment of existential crisis and then you start something else. That's just sort of, yeah. you know, it seems to be the climate that we're in right now. I think I had a nice um, weekly panic attack while I was at NYU oh, yeah. every week yeah. that I was there. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like, oh my God. I've become so general with like the idea of things that I'm interested in. I don't even know what I'm going to do when I graduate. Mm -hmm. And then like toward the end of it, I was like, oh, I really like tech, which, you know, I do. So I started taking, um, I took a programming course at NYU, like an intro to comm sci course on Python. And then I had done um, some work on Code Academy um, in my own time that was also with Python. I was like, this is really awesome. But like, I'm nowhere near the level where I could be applying for jobs with Mm -hmm. this skill set. So it's still always something that I've been like passionate about and interested in and I work on it on my spare time and I always kind of try and teach myself little things, especially when we were building out the site, learning more front end stuff like HTML and all of that fun stuff that I still don't really understand. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I definitely panicked a lot and like kind of thought, what am I doing? Where can I go? What can I take away from this and apply it to my life once I graduate? Mm -hmm. But I think I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Sure. I like to tell myself that. Yeah. How do your how does your family feel about what you're doing? Are they supportive? Do they get it? They are the most supportive beings in the entire world. And I am so lucky <laughs> because of that. I swear to you, my mom is my biggest fan. They've, you know, worked really hard for everything they have and I'm really proud of them and I just hope that their work ethic continues to rub mm. off on me as I continue to grow. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, what kind of a kid were you? I was I don't I think I would say surprisingly I was a good kid yeah (laughs) why is that surprising just because like I feel like I don't know you know like I definitely have my moments of being a brat sure but I feel like for the most part I was a good kid Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of that stems from the anxiety that my parents passed down to me (laughs) I was always so nervous um that like something would go wrong and as I said I love my family so much and like that something would happen to them Mm -hmm. and that I wouldn't you know I wouldn't have a say in whatever happened that I was always really honest and upfront with my parents about everything and I also think it came with the fact that they always treated me like I was an equal it was never that parent-child relationship that sometimes you see where parents are like you have to listen to what I say Mm -hmm. and I'm not giving you a reason behind why I'm doing it. I'm just doing it because. 
And so I never had that. They were always like, this is what we're doing and we're doing it because of this. And if you can give us a counter argument for why we shouldn't be doing this, that's fine. So I was always treated with a level of respect that I, you know, I realized some of my friends were never treated with as I saw their relationships with their parents. And so it made being open and honest with my parents and being able to come to them when I needed to and just being transparent in everything I was doing really easy. So I think that because we never had those miscommunications, yes, I went through that phase where I was a brat when I was, you know, I wanted things and I wanted to like not be around my parents because it was embarrassing. I didn't have that for an extended period of time. I feel like maybe that was like two weeks of my life. (laughs) My mom's going to be like, no, that was like four years of my life. But in my mind, I always really respected my parents. Mm. So I think I would say I was a good kid. I did have really bad separation anxiety when I was really young, though. They used to have to put on the rugrats when they would leave. So that I would like be focused on that and they could Mm. run out the door. Those qualities about your childhood, maybe having separation anxiety, uh, have... Do you think any of those kind of have formed into the adult that you are and the practices that you use in your business and your like daily projects? Um, I hope not. Sorry, team, if I drive you insane with my like <laughs> weird antics. Um, I will say that just because of who I am and just the work ethic that I grew up with, I'm I'm always trying to work really hard. I really want to make myself proud and also make my family proud. Um, I'm super neurotic when it comes to to-do lists I've always kind of been that way and I noticed even as I transitioned from school to working I'm still that way my roommates at NYU used to make fun of me because they would find my to-do list around the apartment and they would say things like take a shower like I'm sorry (laughs) who puts that on a freaking to-do list (laughs) I do because I'm insane and I will forget to do it if it's not on a to-do list so I've noticed a lot of these kind of like quirky little things that I've done throughout my life definitely have moved with me into the business world but I hope they're not too quirky and neurotic that I'm driving my team crazy Mm. that's good yeah (laughs) oh my god I make to-do lists for everything are you the kind of person who at four in the afternoon we're like oh I forgot to eat today yes (laughs) yes I I wish I was more of that oh my god it's so bad like quick little antidote I'm working with a nutritionist right now oh wow good for you uh yeah no it's super fun I love her she's awesome we have little gossip Mm. sessions every time I go for like 20 minutes before we start um but part of it is that I have to write down everything that I eat which Mm. for someone who loves writing things down um it's really it's really nice (laughs) but it's also kind of like one of those things where for someone who loves cheese Mm. it's like oh I don't want to look at everything I'm writing like everything I'm eating like I don't want to see it in writing which is why they make you do it Mm. um and I'll go in and she'll be like okay you see this gap from about 9 a.m to 6 p.m where you didn't (laughs) write anything down because you didn't eat what were you doing it was like I was working and I just like I was in the zone and I forgot. I was cleaning my room. I was like, I don't know, like mm-hmm. counting books in my closet or some shit, like anything. Like I completely forget. I And it sucks because I fucking love food. So like, yes, I am one of those people mm-hmm. who will make it about <laughs> all the way through the day and then be like, oh my God, I forgot to eat. Yeah. So yes, I write everything down, including showering and eating. I've done, I've done that. I've never actually forgotten gotten that's probably maybe i'm sure a couple times in my life i've forgotten to eat food to stay alive but there was there was a time in my life where i was working a job i was teaching an after school program and i it was it was like a 45 minute drive from my apartment and so i at like noon i would eat 
food, then I would start preparing for the program. I would drive to the program, teach the entire program, and then come home, get home around nine o'clock at night, and that would be the next time that I ate. It's not because so I, like, bad for you. I would be so, like, not, I don't want to say that I was in a state of anxiety that whole time because it wasn't, like, I, I, I wasn't, like, neurotic while, yeah. I, while I was, like, while But I you had a goal in mind of something right. you needed to do right. when you were focused on that. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I didn't, like, I couldn't. I, I would I wasn't capable of snapping out of that mindset to like sit down and have a proper meal and go back to doing that. So rather than just eating a granola bar or something while I was working, I would just be like, oh fuck it. I'll just like wait until I'm home at nine o'clock and cook a proper meal. Yeah. That's awful. That's it's so, so bad, bad for you, you, but it's also like really hard. Like my nutritionist asked me, she was like, Why don't you carry around carrots? I was like, because I know that if I'm hungry, I'm not reaching into my bag and eating a carrot. Right. That's just not realistic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm going to be miserable. And she was like, okay, yeah. well then let's find something that you can carry around. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, a block of cheese. Like that would make me happy. <laughs> right. yeah. But yeah, no, I completely understand that. And I am that person. And I think we're we're also in sort of the, in, in this country is especially the sort of, um, we, we put a lot more stock I think in work and um what's the word that I'm looking for you know like keeping ourselves afloat like supporting yeah. ourselves and our family than than actually those kinds of values of like like taking care of yourself and yeah. like actually being at home and spending time with your family so I think there's there's like this this um at least for me and I've had the thought myself where there's where I maybe I'm like feeling like I'm getting sick and rather than take it, like I, I feel guilty about taking a sick day. Yeah. Like I'm not taking care of myself. I need to do something about it. Oh, but I, I wish feel I bad had that guilt. <laughs> I wish I had that guilt. No, I, I wish I didn't. <laughs> I know we can swap. Yeah, maybe we'll balance each other out. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I had a really horrible situation when I was working my last job where I'm so sorry if anyone listen, who's listening to this or will be listening to this get, is squeamish, but um, because I am, and I know if I was listening to this, I would like chuck my computer at a wall and be like, why did you say this? I can't wait for this. But, um, so I was, I had missed a day of my birth control. And so I had taken two pills one morning and I always, I have a really sensitive stomach. So I always knew that made me feel a little queasy. Mm-hmm. So when I wasn't feeling well that day, when I got into work, I was like, okay, it's just from that. Mm-hmm. Like, I just need to make it to lunch. I'll eat something, like put a little bread in my stomach and I'll be fine. About like, an hour and a half into it, oh, no. I'm like, this is just like really painful. Yeah. Like I feel as though this is a little more painful than it oh, usually no. is. Fast forward to like 11, 1130. I'm hosting a lunch for our um, like people at LinkedIn that are coming to talk to the recruiters. Um, I like throw them all in a conference room and I dart to the bathroom and I text my coworker who was my angel in disguise she was my mother at work and I was like Danielle I really don't feel well can you come into the bathroom for a second I'm having a panic attack she's like yeah she comes in I'm like laying on the bathroom floor like my face is completely pale I'm having cold sweats I'm like I don't know what to do she was like okay let's just get everything settled in the other room then we'll run down there's a bagel place right by our office that we all love she was like we'll run down to the bagel place we'll get you some ginger ale bagel you'll be good so we settle everything with that. We're done by like 11.30. Um, her and our other coworker, Georgina, who is also like my second mother at work, take me to the bagel place. 
I can't even stomach the smell in there, which was like freshly baked bagels. So I don't know who can't stomach that smell. <laughs> right, the best wow, smell this in the is entire, really not yeah. feeling good. A man came up to me while we were in there going, you really don't look okay. Would you like oh, no. my seat? And I started oh, hysterically no. crying. I was like, I know I don't look okay. So we get my plain bagel. Thank God we did this. And a ginger ale. And we go back upstairs and I'm like, okay, I can't eat. Like I need to go home. So I call an Uber and I say to my boss, I'm like, I have to go. Like, I'm sorry, I need to leave. She was like, what's going on? I was like, I have to go. So I run out the door. I'm in the Uber. Luckily, my Uber driver asked me right when I got in, like, how are you doing today? And I was like, not well. I don't feel well. And he was like, okay. We make it about half of the way back to my apartment. (laughs) I take the brown paper bag that my bagel was in like throw the bagel onto the floor and just start uncontrollably throwing up into this bag my uber driver was the angel from above and pulled over got me plastic bags paper towels water offered to keep driving me home to just get me home (laughs) or he was like we can pull over you can get out and then like you can get back in when you're done the sweetest man i was like hysterically crying in the back five star uber driver oh my god five stars like literally (laughs) i was kissing the ground he was walking on he's such a sweet man and i felt so bad but like yeah, so that was probably a moment where I should have maybe not gone to work that morning, but I didn't really realize how awful it was going to feel until it happened. Sure, sure. And sorry if anyone made it this far and is terrified <laughs> of throw up like myself. Well, if, if that person is still listening, I mean, they're, I'm, I'm about to counter mm-hmm. your story with a similar story. So I not too long ago, maybe, um, maybe like two months ago, I had, I'd had a head cold. Um, head cold went away. It was fine. It wasn't very severe at all. I didn't like need to go to the doctor for antibiotics or anything. Um, the, at the tail end of the head cold, I got this terrible, terrible headache that didn't go away for about three days. So, and I mean, like unbearably bad when I think about it now, I'm like, I can't believe that I let, I, I was walking around for three days. Just I can't believe I was breathing agony. the air that other people <laughs> no. were breathing and sharing no. my bacteria right. based on the pain level that I was <laughs> right. at. Exactly. So I went, I finally go to urgent care because by the time I decided that I needed to see a doctor, it was, it like, was like a Sunday or something. So it I was went, like too late for just yeah. like basic yeah, medical yeah, 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 help. Yeah, like no. we needed to right. see yeah, yeah. someone like, now see somebody who now. knew I, what was But what I was went out on. for brunch with someone that morning, Nora. <laughs> delusional and I'm like oh I'm just God. gonna keep living I'm not gonna let I'm gonna this keep living my, with life. my life fuck so, this head goal like I'm just gonna keep on living my life so I go so I go to the doctor the woman looks inside my ears and is immediately like your eardrums are so inflamed that everything around your eardrums is being pushed up and down that's why you're feeling such incredible pain so so oh I my go, god so I, I wish go. everyone could see my face right now because it's pure horror <laughs> yeah horror, horror. that is the correct response but honestly in that moment I was relieved because it, walking into urgent care I started telling myself all these horrible things like I have meningitis I have a brain tumor me you know? I'm the biggest hypochondriac <laughs> in the entire exactly, world exactly so um so I was relieved that, that all it was was some puffy eardrums so I like go uh go to the pharmacy they um gave me steroids which are going to take down the swelling i've never taken steroids before i learned that steroids make me violently ill <laughs> so, oh my god so i start taking and the 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 ones that i was that i was put on the dosage is like you take five pills the first day then the next day you take four then three then two then one so it's like a shock to your system at first 
So the first day I took it. I feel like they should do it in reverse. <laughs> like let your body get it, like prepared for right. the bombshell no. you're about to drop on it. I mean, I'm, I didn't go to medical school. I don't know the yeah. science behind it. I'm just blindly trusting that this is like a tried and true method. So I take I take the, the first five and my headache went away that day, which I was grateful for. I mean, I was in so much agony. I like, I, I'll take a couple days of throwing up. So I took, like, I took the pills and I was actually fine. And the next morning I woke up and it was like, I woke up, I remember waking up in bed and I hadn't connected yet that I was on medication. That's why I would be feeling well. I was like, I feel shitty. Like, what the fuck? Did I eat something bad? I went to the bathroom, was throwing up like horribly, very, like violently ill, very, very horrible. And then maybe, (laughs) I don't know. I can't believe I'm telling you the story. Uh, it passed, whatever. Then I called, I like called the doctor and I was like, Hey, like I took these pills. I mean, hey, what it's did you cool. Slip me yeah, like, it's cool. Like, if this is just a side effect, I just need to know that that's what is happening, and I'm not like having an allergic reaction or something. And the woman on the phone, who wasn't the doctor, it was you know like the whoever sits at the, the desk. Um, she was like, "Yeah, she's like, you know, that's one of the side effects. Like, if you want to come back in and try something else, we can give you something else." And I was like, "I'm just, I'm just gonna." Live I feel with like this. intense and extreme <laughs> vomiting should be like something they tell you when they're telling right, you to take the pills. Right, right, right. Like, oh yeah, there are some side effects. By the way, you will be vomiting right. uncontrollably think, for the next seventy-two hours. Now that ever after that happened, I had like asked a few people. They were like, "Oh yeah, like that happens all the time." So I was, I felt better. I've taken steroids, and that's never happened to me. But now I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Well, it's, you're probably fine. I'm just like in the margins of, this, yeah. of, of the people that that happens to. So the, I woke up probably at like five o'clock in the morning. That happened. By 10 o'clock, I was fine. And I fucking went to work. I didn't take that day off. You're crazy. <laughs> you know? You're absolutely insane. It, like I was fine. I wasn't, I wasn't c- contagious. At that point, I didn't like have anything. Yeah, but like, girl, illness. sometimes you just got to sleep. <laughs> I know. I should have. Sometimes that's you just got to like mourn your own health and <laughs> like sit saying. there and watch TV and just be like, where's the Chinese food? And like, don't come near me. You're 100% right. Like now yeah. that I'm like after the fact and now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm, I can't, ble- I didn't, I can't I didn't believe you went to work. I didn't a single day of work throughout that entire thing. I like went out. I can't. I can't believe that. You and are that, a brave soul. That is actually crazy. Kind of, like, that's brave a little bit soul. of an antithesis to how I usually am. Like normally if I'm tired at 8 p.m. and someone's like, you want to go, go to the bar? I say no. Yeah, <laughs> same. I'm like a 90-year-old woman trapped in a 23-year-old's body. I do not leave my bed ever. Like my comfort zone is in my bed or in the bathtub. We joke around and say that my bed is the cloud because it's all white and like huge and just like it feels like a cloud. Right. And so like I'm just constantly in the cloud. Like if you need me, I'll be in the cloud. Oh, that sounds incredible. Yeah. I don't leave. So my bed or my home ever. So I would not have gone to work <laughs> that day or maybe that entire week right, knowing right. me. Yeah. Do you find that now um, you running a business that I assume for the most part is remote. Like you can do it from yeah. just about anywhere. Is that, is that suit your lifestyle? Like you like working a job like this? Um, yes and no. There are a lot of really great perks to it. For example, I was in LA for like two and a half weeks this summer and I was able to work while I was out there. Um, I'm going back again at the end of the month for about a week and a half. Um, I do have a place where I go do work in the city, which is really nice because sometimes kind of sitting and staring at the same four walls with no in, like interaction with other people will drive me a little crazy. Um, 
But then again, I do also miss being in an office space where I could work collaboratively with other people, um, especially with something like this, where, as I mentioned before, my team is all over the place. It's really hard to get some things done in terms of time zone differences, mm. especially oh, yeah, yeah sure. because we're ranging from California to London. So mm-hmm. there's about an eight hour time difference between those two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's nice because I'm kind of the middle point between both of them, but just in terms of like having team meetings and everything, it gets to be really hard. Um, so I kind of miss having that little office collaborative space. Um, but it's fun. I'm learning a lot about what kind of styles work for me and what don't, um, which I think will be really great for whatever the next steps are for me in life. Any ideas on what that might be, what a next step is? Any projects brewing? Yeah, I'm actually looking to move out to L.A. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, good for you. So thank you. I'm That's really exciting. excited. So just kind of figuring out what that will mean for me. Um, I've always been on the East Coast. I'm ready for a little bit of a change. Mm. I will say this now, and I guarantee you five years from now, even if I'm living in L.A., I will still stand by this statement. New York is the best city in the entire world. (laughs) I couldn't imagine having some sort of home here at all points in my life. Um, Luckily for me, my family lives here, so even if I leave, I will always have roots here, Um, and I know I'll always end up back here, but I think it's time for me to leave for a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I like the West Coast. I think I have, like me, I had gone to film school and a lot of the vast majority of friends that I graduate with in my major all just like dropped everything and move out to LA that's like the thing that you do when you get a film degree um and I've gone out there and visited them I really like the west coast I like California and LA San Diego but I don't know if this I feel like east coast is much more of like there's there's the hustle on East Coast and West Coast is very different. Yeah. I think for right now, my personality suits the East Coast. Maybe yeah. in another time. Like, I like going out and visiting the West Coast, but I don't know if I could put down roots there yeah. right now. When I got there in July, um, I was in an Uber right when I got there. My Uber driver asked me what I was going to do because I had, you know, they had picked me up from the airport, so they knew that I was visiting. Mm-hmm. We had been talking. And I was like, oh, I'm going to my friend's house. And it was like, it must. It was a some weekday, and mm-hmm. it was at like two o'clock in the afternoon, and they were like, "Oh yeah, like L.A. No one works a traditional nine to five job anymore." And I'm like, "Yeah, like I know in New York, no one really works that like mm-hmm. nine to five time period either because people are working like seven to seven p.m. <laughs> right. yeah, like but that's the that's the difference. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's the East Coast hustle is definitely very different from the West Coast hustle just based on what I've seen, and I think that. I'll kind of probably stand out a little bit as a fish out of water when I first get there, but um, it's definitely a change I'm ready to make for a little bit, Mm. but I will always consider New York my home, Mm. and I will definitely be back here without a doubt in my mind. Any international plans? Is there any place abroad that you would consider settling down for a while? London. Um, I studied abroad there. I have a lot of really close friends that are so near and dear to my heart there. with the direction that this country is headed in, oh, I girl. I might want to leave for a little. <laughs> I might be looking for some British man to marry me for a oh, little yeah. so I could live yeah. there. Um, but I don't know. I've always kind of thought about living in London for a little bit. Um, but as of now, no plans to make that a reality. Mm. Kind of just a nice little daydream still. Mm. However, still looking for British men to potentially marry me if 
the time comes where I need to leave this country. So (laughs) PSA, looking for some. Just putting that out there. Just throwing it out there. Like if anyone is looking for a wife for a little bit, I'm here. I'm available. (laughs) Get me out of this country. It's kind of, we don't, we do not have to talk about politics if you don't want to, but but it's timely. I think I had that thought, um, coming here, like me wanting to talk to you and starting this like wonderful, amazing network of, of strong women who are like having this great discourse. And then, uh, a man who's running for our president, like openly says, uh, essentially brags about sexually assaulting a woman. I am like, I can't even put into words the thoughts that I have while all of this is going on. I'm not the biggest fan about talking about politics just because it's a very sensitive conversation, obviously. But I will say this one thing that I, first of all, am tired of women being defined by what they mean to men. Mm -hmm. I really understand that we try and make things more relatable and more digestible when we need to. So when things like this come out, a lot of people often resort to the conversation of, well, she could be your sister, she could be your mother, she could be your aunt, she could, you know, I don't give a fuck Mm. who she is to you. She is a person. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is extremely important. And we need to, we need to start treating it like that. That's one of the things that I have to say. (laughs) And then the second thing I have to say is that I looked toward the men who are very close to me in my life, um, my brother and my father, for example, And I told them that if they ever, ever spoke of a woman like that, ever, if they have in the past or if they will in the future, they will not be someone of importance in my life anymore. Because that is just, I I don't even have words for how I feel about the things that are currently coming to light. Mm -hmm. That is my current thoughts on politics. (laughs) And I will leave it at that. Besides the fact that I really want Michelle Obama back in the White House. Did you, did you, uh, watch the speech she gave yesterday yes i know i watched it when i was on the <laughs> so bus good. coming up town um and i actually I, got emotional it, it oh, was incredible yep it was incredible she is the most well-spoken woman i would love for so many women to learn from her and it is so great that we have her as a role model and icon right now because she is going to inspire so many younger women for generations mm, to come I and i cannot wait to see the things that come from that mm. But those are my thoughts on politics yeah. as of now. I feel you. I, yeah. I, I think the the political climate that we're in right now, whether or not it has anything to do with the election or, you know, any kind of other political issues, I think this, we're in a place right now where I think a lot of things are getting stirred up and we're talking a lot about a lot of things that we haven't really had a public discourse about before. Yeah. And people are really showing their true colors. I think yep. in my experience, at least... I, I think that I have had some conversations with people in my life and learned some opinions that they have, sometimes good, sometimes bad, that I don't think ever would have come up before if it had not been for things that we're seeing on the news and social media. There was this article that I had posted about, um, I think it was yesterday actually, from the Odyssey. Someone had, I guess, either submitted it. I don't know how the Odyssey works. I don't really read their site Mm -hmm. often. Um, But someone had sent me this article being like, I think you should look at this. And it was a woman who was writing about um, why she hates the idea of feminism, basically. I (laughs) was extremely, extremely confused and angry by this piece. Um, And once again, I think it's one of those things that maybe wouldn't have been written about um, 
had we not been in the time that we're in right now where kind of everything is being brought to light and everything is being discussed online. Um, It led me to kind of having this thought this morning where I was like, have we really regressed as a society or did we just decide to start taking things online? Like I was kind of just like, like every single day I log on to Twitter, for example, and it's like article after article about all of these awful things and not even just with gender equality, but obviously racism and everything going on with that. And it's just like, were we always this shitty Mm. or are we just becoming worse and worse people every day? Like, are we just becoming this horrible society again, like regressing every single day? And it's just like, kind of don't know which one is worse. Like it's, like what is happening with us it's just so sad to see every day I'm sending you know friends and family different articles that I'm finding online and I'm just like have you heard about this like why are we doing this why is this happening and I just wish that would stop I wish there I wasn't seeing so many articles that I felt the need to share and talk about and I just I guess it's one of those things where yeah it's obviously all a lot more accessible now that we're such an online generation and we consume content so differently but also like it's got to be a little bit of both like we have to have regressed a little bit and become these people that we would have never been proud to admit that we were before and I'm just like I'm really waiting for the day that we kind of start taking steps forward again mm-hmm. yeah I, I think you're right about it um it, just everything is so accessible and, and people are so quick to to write these articles and put out these opinion pieces and it, it's just and it, it's hard when when I open up my computer and everything is at my fingertips it's hard to not read all that right mm-hmm. like I have to actively like, walk away from like not go onto those websites like actively av- avoid news outlets and all those things because it's just everywhere I mean you can't even if I did that I would still walk out of my apartment and probably have a conversation with someone who's like oh did you read this article oh you haven't well let me tell you exactly what it said yeah. you know it's hard it's hard to avoid and not that I'm not trying to say that we should shy away from these things because I think that um, it's we're having a lot of conversations that need to be had but it's very it's it's heavy it's hard it weighs on you all the time and it's super easy to now put your own opinion and spin on it which you know what freedom of speech do your thing Mm -hmm. but some opinions I just don't want to (laughs) hear sure I'm going to be a bitch and say some opinions I just don't want to hear and um yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's sometimes hard to just walk away from it and be like, I, I can't read this because I just, I, I don't want to know. Because so many people are so ready to write whatever they want because they're hiding behind their computer screen. Mm-hmm. We have given a whole new light <clears throat> to what it means to be a troll. Mm-hmm. Um, it's scary what people will say online and just have no regard for. I mean, I have no opinion on the Kardashians whatsoever, but like (laughs) everything that happened with Kim, like these people who are saying she deserved to be raped, she deserved to be killed. It's just like, how do you sleep at night knowing that you said that about someone? How how do how does that thought even come to your mind? Yeah, like I would would never even think about it. Like that doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. I was at um, the music festival that Kanye had been performing at when he walked off stage um, and I had gone with my brother. And I remember thinking, you know, oh, this is so, like, typical Kanye, like, unless we hear a story about something actually happening, like, I really don't know what I feel about this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of annoying, obviously, when sure, you spend a course. lot of money to yeah, go yeah, see yeah. someone. Standing in the crowd, like, of, of course yeah. you're going to think that. And I remember, like, immediately when the story broke, before there were even any, like, major details, it was literally just that Kim had been robbed at gunpoint in Paris. 
I remember like running into the other room to tell my brother that I had seen something about it online and just thinking like, oh my God, I can't even imagine if that was me on stage and someone came to tell me that that had happened to my family member. Not even that, like the thoughts that must have gone through Kim's head while that was happening. Sure, sure. And the fact that like people were so quick to say these nasty, nasty things that I would never say about anyone about her just because she's like a public figure. Um, it just baffled me. Um, one of my favorite websites, Man Repeller, had written a piece about um, this whole issue and the inability for a lot of people to be able to separate the brand of Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. from the actual person that Kim Kardashian is. Um, and I thought it was really interesting. Like People are so willing to say these things about her because you know what? She flaunts everything that she has on social media and she goes about her life in a very loud way. But does that really equate to oh she deserves to be raped she deserves to be killed no so i just think that that whole issue really brought to light what you were saying before like a lot of things that you would have never really known about people like what they're really thinking and what they're really willing to say about someone else i feel like i'm constantly reminded of my own naivety like i wake up in the morning and i exist in this bubble where all of my friends that i see every day are good people and and like don't outwardly proclaim racist or homophobic or sexist thoughts yeah and then uh, within an, an hour of my just existing in the world that day i'll come across something like or hear someone on the street say something like that and i i think it yeah it i'm I just, I'm always, I'm constantly reminded, I would like to believe that we live in a world that that isn't Same. the case, but I mean, that's not the case at all. It's, it's, it's just not. I know. And I just want to say that like, you know, especially with everything going on, the election and everything, my last little bit on politics, um, I think that there's a proper way to have a conversation about everything. Mm-hmm. I um, don't agree with a lot of the political decisions that some of my friends do agree with. And you know what? As long as they're willing to respect my beliefs as well and articulate them to me in a mature and knowledgeable way to each their own. I think the issue comes when we kind of don't care about the way we say things. Um, And so I think that's really important to note while we kind of move forward with everything that we talk about. Have you come across any kind of adversity or or conflict like that in um, La Femme Collective with either uh either responses to features or maybe people wanting to write for the site that have uh, a negative kind of spin on something um honestly not really when it comes to people that want to write for the site Mm -hmm. they're all pretty understanding of what we're doing and if not (laughs) typically we provide you know a little summary of who we are what we do Mm -hmm. why we're doing it and kind of say you know what you've presented doesn't really align with what we're doing Mm -hmm. however if you wanted to talk about it in this perspective or shine some light on this that would really you know be more appropriate for what we're doing um we've noticed sometimes on social media as we were talking about before with trolls um during certain days where we're you know getting involved in conversations through the use of hashtags we'll find you know a lot of men who will sit and kind of scroll through these hashtags to like attack what they Ridiculous. think are like feminist groups that yes. don't believe that men deserve equal rights. And that's totally not what we're saying. We're saying that humans deserve to be treated equally, not that women are superior gender to men. Um, and so that's kind of what the most sort of hate we've really mm-hmm. seen and kind of like nastiness we've gotten. Um, we've been very fortunate in the sense that we've really been able to foster a supportive community which is um very understanding of 
other people's opinions and being open for conversation, which is really great. That's and incredible. It's really important to me that we continue to have that as we grow. That's great. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of times those people who like go through the hashtags, I think those those a person like that just wants to yell. Like yeah. they sat down and before they even read the article, they were ready to be mad about it. Yeah. And they started reading it like just adding fuel to the fire, just ready to be pissed and not taking the time to actually consciously think about what you're saying. Yeah, and it's really interesting to me kind of to go back to another man repeller article. Um, that they had posted recently about one of the political debates is that like you're really not going to change the opinion of someone through a conversation on social media. Like it's just realistically not going to happen. You're not going to change who someone's voting for through a Facebook post. Sure, of course. And it's not, you know, it is a way to educate people, but is it the best way? Maybe not. And so what you were saying with this, how kind of sometimes people just get online with the idea that they're in the mood to yell and cause trouble. Sometimes you just have to look the other way and not engage in the conversation with them because they set out with an idea in mind and you're not going to change that idea. Right. And those people make it harder for the the people in the same platform who have who deserve to be heard and have right things to say and want to engage right. in an act, yeah, yeah. like a, a real discussion and learn and you know swap ideas and say okay like i understand x y and z but have you looked at it from this way mm-hmm. they do make it hard i definitely agree with that mm-hmm. do you have any um is well, I mean, I guess because you just said you haven't had too many problems with it, but do you have any kind of like, do you want to make an effort with your business to address those kinds of things? Or are you just kind of for now looking to focus more on content and not on addressing? Um, so we have so many different ideas, yeah. so many different things we want to do, especially because we're so new. Um, and a lot of it is in part, I believe you can't really change a conversation with only half of the people present. Sure. So we do want to start reaching out to more than just our community Mm -hmm. in terms of um, reaching out to both genders. Um, How we're going to do that is still very much so up for debate Mm -hmm. and when and just basically everything about it is kind of still up for debate. But it is something that we do want to do. Oh, that's great. Collectively as a team, yeah. I mean, it's it's important. I can see... I can, I can see where that would be a point of discussion among, amongst you because, you know, feminism can't exist without intersectionality, right? So you need, like, people from all sides to to be included in that conversation. But also, it's important that women alone have a safe space to, to like, discuss and, and have discourse. So I can see, you know, I, yeah. either way. Either, either way is a good decision. I, yeah, I we're definitely <laughs> – we want to make sure, as I said before with our other projects, that everything we do, we do with our goals and our um, kind of, like, core values for LFC backing any decision we make. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of making sure that everyone we've already, you know, brought into the community feels comfortable – and moving forward as we continue to grow, everyone continues to feel comfortable. Very cool. Yeah. Tell me what's like an average day for you. Walk me through like morning to night. Okay. What's your day like? An average day for <laughs> yeah. me. Um, I like getting up early. I sleep through a lot of alarms, nice. but on the rare occasion that like I actually do wake up from my alarms, mm-hmm. I prefer to get up by like anywhere from like 6 to 7 30 which nice. may not be early for other people but like when you don't have a traditional job where sure, you have sure. to go into an office every day yeah i would early. say that's pretty early. Yeah, yeah yeah um i as i said have been working with the nutritionist so kind of um taking care of myself has been really important throughout this process um i gained a lot of weight while i was at my old job because i was really unhappy mm-hmm. so i would 
binge eat during lunch and eat comfort food just because I wanted something to look forward to and then I would get into bed right when I would get home and watch Netflix because I didn't want to deal with anything else so um as well as being able to focus on this project this time period has also been about focusing on me and taking care of myself so I try and get um a good workout in I prefer to work out in the morning so Sometimes I'll schedule like absurdly early workout classes because I know it'll make me get up. Like I'll book like a seven o'clock workout class so that I have to be up by six. Um, Then my day moves on to a lot of coffee. Um, And then it's kind of like each day is a new day. I get to do fun, different things. Um, A lot of the time it's doing outreach, figuring out new women that we can reach out to for the site, different things that we can do with them. Um, a lot of it is kind of scrolling through things online, looking at who maybe some of our past teachers have worked with, um, kind of seeing if there are friends of friends that would be great for the site, just kind of figuring out who should be next for LFC, why, and how we can get to them. Um, then some of my day is spent meeting with different women, whether it's working on a new project that we're hoping on launching on the site or you know, kind of just telling them a bit more about LFC in person or doing in-person interviews with them. Um, and then I actually have two women who I met when we first launched the site who are at, um, some, have been at some really great companies and are at some really great companies now, like Google, Twitter, Facebook, all of that fun stuff who have really been mentoring me throughout this entire project and have really been helping me. So I try and meet with them, um, if not once a week more, um, to kind of just talk through things that are going on, not just with LFC, but just like in daily life to kind of remind myself that this is a project that I just started and it's a really big learning experience for me as someone who recently graduated and kind of hasn't had the traditional work experience yet. Um, So just kind of like learning from them, trying new experiences with them and talking through things. So it really just depends on what the day is. And then I also do um, a lot of our scheduling in terms of like backend things, scheduling the posts to go live. Um, as I said, I'm kind of neurotic about to-do lists and organizations. So kind of writing everything out for my team in terms of if there's a project they need to be doing, what the next steps are and um, dates that it'll be going live and the information they need. So just kind of figuring out what works for us, what doesn't work for us exploring new things all of that fun stuff that you get to do when you're first starting something cool yeah that's awesome and then there's always like a little nap maybe yeah, and an sure. episode of burn notice or seven because i'm years behind on that show and you i can't stop watching it <laughs> that's great yeah do you find that that kind of like every day is different uh style of working fits more your your mindset it's a lot of fun i will say that it's a lot um it's a lot more fun because you you get to do a new thing every day and you don't really feel set in any specific schedule but once again for someone who really likes organization and kind of feeling like they have enough work to fill them through each day sometimes it gets a little rough sometimes it's a little slow and I'm kind of like okay what could I be doing instead of sitting here feeling unproductive sure sure um and kind of one of the trade-offs of doing something like this is that while I may not be working like traditional hours during the week all the time, sometimes I'm working on a Saturday and sometimes I'm working until three in the morning on sure. something. Um, so it's definitely different. And sometimes I really like it and sometimes it feels a little isolating and sometimes it's a little frustrating. I was talking to a friend the other day and they had asked me to grab dinner and I was like, 
I'm sorry, I can't. Like, I have to go to a meeting. And they were like, who goes to a meeting at, like, Sunday, on a <laughs> sure. Sunday at 7.30 at night? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, sorry, like, I just, I have to make it work. Like, I need, I need this to be my schedule. I need this to be my life. Um, so it's definitely a mixed bag on whether or not I like it, whether or not I'm happy. Um, some days I am. Some days I'm like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Right, right. But um, I love it at the same time. That's great. Yeah, that's cool. What um, do you do? You think you're more of like a, a creative mind or more of like a mathematical analytical brain? Mathematical analytical yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, which I guess can kind of be misleading since everyone is always like, "Oh, this is so creative of you! Like, how did you think mm-hmm. of this?" I'm like, "Well, I had an idea, but I definitely didn't make it." Right. Um, you as seem I've to be said, more, you, you seem to be passionate about like the organization, like the logistical aspects yeah. of it. So I can see that. So one of my favorite things about doing this, as I mentioned before, I would be nowhere without my team. And one of the big reasons why is because, um, a lot of the times though, they each have specific roles and things that they do. Um, I'll have them kind of talk me through what they did so I could learn how they do it. For example, I love looking at our Google Analytics and like kind of just learning more about that. And I am so lucky Claire is such a patient soul who is willing to explain a lot of things to me, hop on calls when I need her to talk me through it more so than just texting or G-chatting or anything. Um, And for example, also with Taylor, I'll have her teach me how to do specific things on Photoshop that like, yeah, she could get done in five minutes, whereas it takes me five hours, but I get to learn how to do it, which is a lot of fun for me. So um, I'm definitely more interested in the numbers kind of side of things, more analytical stuff. But this project has really given me a hands-on on both, which I'm really fortunate to have. That's really cool. For someone who is thinking about maybe doing a similar thing, if they're like working a job they're not crazy about or they have an idea for um, their own business or like switching career paths, what what do you think, what were some of like the major curveballs and learning experiences that you that you had or and are maybe still having? You can't make things happen overnight, even though sometimes you wish they would just happen overnight. So you could kind of just jump ship onto whatever you want to be doing from whatever you are doing. Um, If I had had it my way, LFC would have launched a day after I came up with the idea. (laughs) And I'm so lucky it didn't because like the mess that it would have been had that happened. Mm -hmm. And even with all the preparation we had, I look back at launch day and I would not change a single thing about it. Um, because it was one of the best days of my life, but there are so many things that we could have done differently at the same time. Um, things don't happen overnight and they don't happen unless you work really hard. A lot of it is networking. Um, and I've definitely learned that as I continue to do it. And I encourage everyone to network as much as possible. Um, I send people cold emails all the time being like, Hey, I think what you're doing is really cool. I'd love to get coffee and learn more about it. Don't be afraid to do that. Maybe phrase it in a little bit of a better way than that because, like, that's probably a really boring way to phrase it and I should probably come up with a new pitch, but whatever. It's worked so far. Yeah, it's, it's working so far, but, like, if you're a creative soul, maybe come up with a little sure, more creative sure. than that. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, like, continue to believe in everything you're doing because when you believe in what you're doing, it really shines through when you talk to other people. Yeah, I, I think that when you aren't passionate about what you're doing and you don't care about it, it shows. And... You know, you want people to believe in something the way you believe in it. So definitely 
definitely, definitely find something you love if you can. And it doesn't need to be a job. It can be a side project. And that's something we had talked about a little bit before. Like, you know, it doesn't, you don't need to fall in love with your job. You need to find something that you love and work hard at that and maybe eventually turn it into a job or even keep it as a side project if that's realistic for you, you know? You can't always just quit what you're doing to do something you love. That's not the way the world works, unfortunately. But just continue to work hard toward the thing that things that you're passionate about and you care about and you'll find some way to bring them into your daily life. That's great. That's, that's a wonderful place to end <laughs> uh, we're about at an hour is there anything else that you want to talk about or say no or I think that's good want to plug your site or social media or anything um yeah you can check us out at lafemcollective.com we're on basically every form of social media thanks to Marissa you can find us on Instagram at lafemcollective twitter at lafemcall because we couldn't fit the rest of active because <laughs> yeah, they have so a long. they have a length <laughs> on how long you can make things. Um, we're on Facebook as well, same name, Lafemme Collective. We're on LinkedIn, which is not a social media plug. You don't have to check out our LinkedIn page. Check we're LinkedIn not page. posting that much on there. I promise. <laughs> Um, we're on Pinterest, thanks to Marissa oh, and Taylor. Cool. They do a lot of really fun things on there. I'm slowly learning more and more about Pinterest as we go. Um, and we're on Snapchat, which I don't even remember our username. It's either LaFemme Collective or LaFemme Call. But I will let you guys know. <laughs> I'm sure if they found all of your others, yeah, I'm sure, fine. I'm sure. Find use a little Snapchat. use a little detective work and find <laughs> yeah. us there. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for being on my podcast. Thank you fun. for having me. This, this was, was a lot great. of fun. Cool.